And welcome back to a fresh episode of the Business Growth Show. I'm your host, Sam Dunning, co-owner over at webchoiceuk.com. And if you haven't yet, check out my weekly email where I share actionable website and B2B marketing tips, useful podcasts, goodies, resources, and more to kick off your week with a bang. Why not give it a shot over at businessgrowth.email. Today, we've got Giovanna Ziegler. Giovanna's the head of marketing over at Fantastic. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hey, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for no inviting worries. me. Looking forward to it. So, Giovanna, we're going to be talking exactly how you can build a marketing engine from scratch. So, let's get stuck into it. Let's jump into the show. First and foremost, Giovanna, how much of a priority do you believe that marketing? should be when we compare to other departments let's say things like sales maybe product development maybe finance like there's so much that makes up a business right how much importance is should we place on marketing well um i'm a little biased of course um (laughs) but uh you know if you want your product to sell um you should make marketing a priority there is not a way around it i mean Marketing is a, is just a fundamental pillar of your business. Um, it's like uh, if if you if you write a blog and you don't marketing, nobody's you know it doesn't matter how good the blog is going to be, nobody's going to read it. If you write a book, you know no matter how good the book is, or if you you know if you make a movie, no matter how good the movie is, if you don't yeah. market well, you know simply it won't work. So. Um, these are these are things to be discussed from the beginning from day one uh, as a marketing as a marketing person as a marketing professional directly with with the c-suite you know with with your ceo with what what's the what's the goal of the company where do you want to go what do you want to achieve what are the kpis you know discussing this um if if marketing is not a priority there's something weird behind it there is something going on over there um but yeah you know this is this is fundamental for every business no matter if it's b2b b2c if it's um you know the most basic things um i've seen companies doing sales before marketing and it doesn't work i'm sorry to say you know it doesn't matter your your type of business you need to you need to show off <laughs> there isn't much way around it yeah i want to look at this from two angles i know you're going to share with us a strategy of how you can set up a marketing engine from scratch because you've done it yeah. before yeah before we before we dive into that i want to look at this from two angles so initially i i agree with you but i want to play devil's advocate too um Please to make do. this more interesting so i often say say similar to what you've just said shared there giovanna so a lot of like prospects, a lot of clients come to us um, wanting websites. And often one of the first thing I'll ask, especially if they're a relatively new or startup business is, well, that's all good and well, but what are you going to dedicate to actually market the thing? Because um, I think a lot of people just believe that even today, that if you build it, they're going to come, which is couldn't be, <laughs> couldn't be more far from the truth, especially with right. websites, which is pretty much most B2B companies or most tech companies their foundation really that it's the thing that's going to drive the demo requests or the consult requests or people raising their hand to speak to sales um and it's like well yeah you can be build an awesome all singing dancing website but if no one can find it um whether that's on google search whether that's social whether that's another channel that they hang out whatever it may be then it's almost useless right um so marketing's that foundation that's actually going to build that brand build that awareness and drive people to the thing you want them to convert on but well Oh, you go ahead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to I hear no, you. I mean, I mean, first of all, I love um, the devil's advocate um, because I think if you're not, if you're not um, questioning, you're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not questioning, you are not trying enough and you're not uh, uh, putting, putting data into perspective. You know, we need to always test and, and balance things. Um, but... I, you know, I know you're building your question, but you're kind of giving me an advantage here with your 
with your <laughs> own uh, with your own inquest because truth is even if you're just doing a website you still need marketing people behind it and not just for people to find you because you know SEO is also marketing but in order to convert you know you want people to convert to a demo um, a good content a good brand uh, authority and every every little aspect of marketing that you can put inside to um, to help your your conversion you know this is all marketing um, I've, I've seen you know like basically I helped three to four companies to to raise their de marketing department from scratch when I say right. companies they're like very successful companies nowadays, uh, most of them B2B. Most of them had a prototype of website. I cannot call it a website, but a website that it was not so embarrassing to show. Um, taking it from a data perspective, after I joined and after I did the right modifications, you see that they only had a business card and after you add marketing to this equation, that's how you generate what you actually wanted with the website. You know, so everything is kind of marketing. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is a tough one. But before we go to my devil's advocate question, when you say before we add marketing, what is your definition of marketing in that case, like a, a startup's website? Oh, that's a great question because marketing has a variety of, of departments and um, qualities that people don't um, often mentioned, but um, from from a keywords research to understand your audience desires yep. uh, to a way of um, of direct the copy of the website, um, and to also you know always put into perspective A/B tests to understand what are the best call to action, what are the best. Uh, headlines you can put what are the best slogans you can put this is a mix of of demand generation and brand you know uh and many call brand you can, can call product marketing so you can also understand other aspects of the brand but it's brand and demand generation there is you know whenever you have data in order to to prove for example what convert converts the most it doesn't matter, even though it involves copy, involves the creative part, involves the brand, you still need the demand generation part in order to understand what actually works. Because we don't want it to be a common problem in marketing, which is uh, opinion over data, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so so these are my, my, my points into transforming something you have to show, which is like a page, a website, to a function uh, um, important part of uh, your funnel of you know to, to generate conversions yeah 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 I think as 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 I ramble on about um, on many of the guest episodes and solo episodes that we run on the show that I, I, I strongly agree with you in terms of yeah. not going with your own opinion but actually going with data or what the market what your buyers what your prospective people the people that are actually going to pay for your product your service your software yeah. what they care about um, and what they've proven to care about over kind of what you think personally is going to work because ultimately they're the ones buying your stuff. But let's get back to flipping this. So you mentioned marketing is the most important thing, but surely if you're a startup and you've, let's say you've built a new product, maybe it's, I don't know, some kind of tech, maybe software, maybe it's a CRM, maybe it's something else. But surely you've got to prove concept first. Surely you've actually got to get some prospects that are willing to part with their cash so you can prove there's product market fit before you then invest into marketing, whether that's your own department, outsourced, whatever. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, it's again, I don't think it contradicts the fact that marketing is a priority. I'm not saying it's a priority number one. I still think, and, and people might kill me for saying that <laughs> as a marketing person, but I still think product should be <laughs> the biggest priority. I'm sorry, like uh, after years working with, you know, working, seeing, consulting, working as a consultant for uh, B2B. I saw many, many companies that they just existed because they wanted to raise money and they just, you know, like uh, I don't, I don't, I don't love this, um, this new business model. Um, so I do admire a good product. I think, you know, um, there's so much, so much space to, to different things for a variety of things that can actually improve people's lives. 
mm-hmm. um, and people's work work lives, not just personal. Um, but after product, for sure, it's I would say it's marketing. But you know, uh, as a marketing person, you don't want to advocate the bad. <laughs> of course, you don't. <laughs> of course you don't. I think yeah. I think uh, after you know, if you have the privilege, of course, to to choose what you're going to advocate, what you're going to 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 promote. Um, nobody wants to, you know, use your skills for the, use your power for, for the evil. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Well, we've looked at both sides of it. So, right. We've built up to it. Well, we've talked about kind of why marketing is important, but I really want to know kind of your recommendations, Giovanna, in terms of what are some of the steps that need to happen when we are building out a, a marketing department for a, a startup, a new company, whatever it may be. So, what are some of the very first things? Let's say we've built a great product. Maybe we can say we're in the B2B tech spaces. I know that's where we've worked a lot. So perhaps we've built a great product. We've proved that that's, it's got some kind of product market fit. Um, now, what are some of the first considerations when it comes to actually building our marketing engine? What should we consider first? That's a great question. And I have a friend. Uh, she's, a, she's a CISO. Uh, and she taught me, I, I admire her very much. And she taught me, uh, you know, for for her career, it's very important to to have checklists, and I do I do have some checklists for marketing as well. Um, before even you do plan a marketing plan, you know, make sure you you have a, uh, a CRM and track everything you do. Um, you know, there is a, a very specific technicality between uh, installing tracks and pixels and everything you can. So. Uh, nothing that you do from that will be lost, would be, you know, a data that you lose. Um, right. So this way you can you can have understanding of your business from day zero, <laughs> not even day one. Um, but, you know, um, one thing that I say a lot, and I think it goes for every professional, it doesn't matter if it's marketing, sales, product, whatever, uh, the communication and aligning um, um, expectations with management and um, company goals, uh, you know, if you if you have your KPI set, your budget set, uh, you have to understand and to respect two things: product uh, limitations and capabilities. Again, you don't want to you don't want to falsely advocate what you have, and to the limitations with your budget and your persona. You know. Um, I work with B2B mostly and it gets expensive, more expensive by the minute. Um, and sometimes you are hired and your CEO comes to you and say, like, we need to have whatever, 100 clients in one year. And we have $100,000 to, you know, to, to, to get these clients. Yep. Uh, no, sir, we can't. <laughs> you know, like get a benchmark to explain with data Okay, you know, the costs of uh, uh, leads in our market, you know, you have this research. You don't have to invent the wheel. It's uh, it's very basic. It's like mostly, most cases you are you are entering a company that probably have many competitors, you know, to, to create something, something exclusively unique. It's not even a smart move. It doesn't, it, it usually means if it's too unique and nobody thought about that, it means that maybe people don't need it. So... You probably have the competitors, you know, do your research, understand like the benchmarks. Uh, don't get limited to the benchmark, or, mark, of course, but like put this to perspective into data yep. and, and do your math, you know, you do your math correctly on how much will cost to get the leads and how much is the conversion. And after the first month or two, you have a better understanding of your own metrics and you can present a better plan with data. But don't set down for fear, you know, like uh, your CEO wants something. Now you have to, you know, you have to, to pretend you, this is possible. Just it's it's not. It's going to be a frustrating road if you if you fool yourself, you know, just it's it's very simple data. It's beautiful because you don't have to kill yourself to to prove guts. You know you have you have numbers, so that's okay. that's the first thing I would I, I would recommend. Do your math right. Put your KPIs into alignment, um, and yeah. Cool. That's- so 
few points there to dive into. So first and foremost, you said um, set up your CRM, make sure you're tracking all things in terms of data. So are we, are we saying things like website traffic, website session times, page views, conversion rates, as yeah. well as, like you mentioned, pixels through your ads, make sure basically your website analytics are all set up so you can understand kind of what ads Correct. are linking through to your site and all those Correct. bits and pieces. Cool. Um, and with that, we moved on to communication and expectations in terms of budget. What we could and, do... And product capabilities. <laughs> and product capabilities, okay. Yes. So what we could do, what I sometimes like to do with guests, Giovanna, if you're up for it, is do a scenario. So use this that we've talked about and basically say maybe we've got a 20K a month spend. How are we going to split it, if you're up for that? Uh, I can try, yeah. Yeah, why um, not? I mean, it's hypothetical. Why not? So we, we can get it. <laughs> we'll get into that in a sec, but we'll bear that in mind. Yeah. So in terms of that, because that's always a tricky one, right? Because... CEOs, founders, the sales team, they're going to want, essentially, they're going to want marketing to generate as many sales qualified leads, demo requests, whatever that main inbound hand raising uh, point of view is, they're going to want as many as possible. So how, how do you manage those expectations? So to say, for example, the CEO says, look, you've got 20 grand a month and I want, I don't know, 200 demo requests. Um, and you just say, <laughs> not sure about that. And then, how, do you, how do you set expectations? How do you have that com- conversation? That That's where I say uh, the communication comes in hand. Because, like, what are those numbers? Like, uh, mm, let me see. <laughs> this is this is what I want. It's like, uh, it's it's not it's not your wishes. Uh, it's it's about it's about understanding the market. If you are so far out of uh, marketing. You know, you hire the person that knows and trusts this person to tell you. So, you know, I'm not saying that uh, you should you should be this this stubborn person that knows that she's right and then just listen to me because I'm going to tell you. No, like you have data, you have research to show them to present to them. Like this, this is the benchmark. If we are above it, you know, show different scenarios. You know. F- for us to be above average, for us to be below average, for us to be average, these are the, the the probabilities of success. This is how much we can do with the money according to the to the uh, benchmark. This is what we can do um, to generate this and this and that. And yep. again, communication is important not just because um, you align expectations, but also it's it's good to for you to protect yourself from uh, uh, falsely. A, a false expectations to to protect yourself to you know avoid this well but i thought this is what we wanted no 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 no. <laughs> we communicate we have everything written we have everything like in the paper this is what you know these are the kpis these are the things we want um yeah. and also one of the things to align and i think it's very important in the beginning uh is to understand um you know what's more important for for your company if it's your brand or if it's the if it's the demand generation or if it's like the product marketing or if yep. it's the you know the 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 leads generation and the and the um, active ac- active marketing. So I've been into the situation before where um, I was put in the same position as a a director of demand generation and a director of uh, of product marketing. And we would have to decide amongst ourselves what would be like done first, okay? And it's it's totally possible, by the way, to have both of them as um, as as important for your uh, for your company. But you have to understand that if they are both working, um, you know, in parallel, there will be other limitations into like money. It's going to be extremely expensive to have both of them like working at the same, you know. In the same proportion, and it's going to be much more slow for, for example, the, uh, um, marketing to demand uh, to generate demand. So yeah. it's again, it's aligning the expectations. Okay, you want both things, but you're going to spend a lot of money and a lot of time. Can you afford that? Okay, if you can't, so choose a priority because it's two different departments. It's completely different work. Uh, um, you know, brand and demand. It's very, you know, of course they are online, but they are completely different. One is completely mathematical. The other one involves a lot of things, including sales, including product, you know, just 
align expectations is the best thing you can do to protect yourself and your career. Yeah, it makes sense, right? Um, I guess in, in this situation, we're going to push for max demo requests for our tech company as we've got quite a strict budget. So I'm not sure if 20, <laughs> if 20 grand a month is going to suit a full-blown demand creation campaign. Um, mm. And for our example, I'm going to say that we've actually got where the sector itself, let's say, is mature. So it's established the sector we're in. So there is existing demand to capture. Um, but we'll get, we'll get into that in a sec. Now, you mentioned you can leverage data to when you're speaking to the C-suite, when you're speaking to the founder and you're trying to reason with them about the amount of actual results, the amount of demo requests or whatever we're going for is going to be generated here. What are some ways that are effective to actually grab that data? So if you're, how, how <laughs> okay, do you get I have, Yeah, I have something, something funny to say uh, um, prior to that. Sure. That I think marketing is maybe the only... I, I'm I'm not sure, you know, if um, if somebody knows differently, please let me know. But I think marketing is one of the only uh, career path that you actually introduce data. You show one plus one equals two, and you still hear, hmm, but I don't think so. Like this is this is classic, you know. Um, it takes a long time to gain um, authority in the subject, but once you have such a good um, point. <laughs> once you have, which takes time, but once you have, uh, there there are many ways you can do that. Okay, like uh, uh, if you have a, a presentation to do, um, you can. You're saying we establish. Okay, we have we have some comparison between uh, um, months, um, and you can you can always you can do this in a simple um, in a simple spreadsheet. Many people think that they are data oriented, okay, and that's that's a tricky thing because they think they are data oriented, and then you show them numbers, and they get completely confused. So, what I always do is I present two different things: I present story, um, and I present numbers. Because if you are one or another, you're going to pay attention in the one that it's more related to you. So this is like um, it, it takes a little bit more time, but it's one of the things to keep it in the safe side. You again, I um, I'm not the I usually don't say a lot about benchmarks because many many CEOs um, that I met in the past they are like you know they have this concept of like oh but we are not in the benchmark we're much better than the benchmark like why are we comparing ourselves to others like this is the job. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to compare. We have to understand the, the competitors. This is part of the work of marketing. We have to do this type of re research to understand where do we stand, okay? To understand that um, what do we offer differently than the competitors? And is this a motive for them to buy? So if so, let's test this, test this in, the, in the message, okay? What message is more important I mean, the, the message that converts the, mo the most is the one that shows the differentiator or the one that says the same thing as the others, but differently in our brand, in our authority, our this. And this is where data comes handy. It doesn't matter your opinion. I'm testing. I usually don't discuss with anyone. It's like, oh, okay, you think this is going to work? I am going to do this. It's going to cost you more, even though I probably know the answer, but I usually don't say 100%. Okay. You really, really want to insist on that. I don't fight with anyone. Come, I'm taking, and I'm A-B testing. Show the results. Did you see you lose? Did you see you were wrong? Can you understand? Can I do my job now? And then you move forward. Um, again, and sometimes you show still, you saw, you see that you lose, and you still say like, yeah, but I don't agree with it. <laughs> you, you're going to hear that a lot. Sure, yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. What's the... um? And was that, in terms of kind of telling a story, is that what mm -hmm. you just explained there or is that a bit different? Because you mentioned you can kind of go with data with pure numbers or you can kind of build a story around it. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, this is a complex subject because, sure, you know, um, you can, I, I'm a storyteller by nature. So for me, it's very, it, it comes hand in hand. Um, you know, if I see a number, I, I try to explain why this happens. And this is a way to, to tell a story. Um People are more engaged to emotions than with reality. Okay, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter if the emotions are real or not. Uh, you, you have more chances to capture them if if you have uh, uh, emotional triggers. 
And this works not only when you are advertising things. This works also when you're communicating with your uh, C-suite. So it's like tell tell a story of this of the whys that this happens. I mean, when I'm telling a story, I learned something with um, with a, a VP of mine from the past. Always starts with the why, right? Starts with always starts with the why. And then goes, you move to the to the how, and then you move to the what. If you have those, if you can explain numbers within these questions, um, you have a story. A story gotcha. that people understand because you have a structure to the story. Okay. Um, That's my rule of thumb for, for storytelling in data. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. So Chili Piper's automated scheduling tools are super effective for booking and scheduling demos. I could chat about them all day long, but why not listen as a new customer witnesses the magic of Chili Piper for the very first time? Okay, you're just about to switch gears. I'm ready for it now. Hold on. Oh, we, we got one. We got one? We got one. Oh my God. Ah, yes. All right, via ownership to... One of our AEs pinged me and goes, guess what just worked? Exactly how it should have happened. This is exactly how it should have happened. I could have done it. Oh my God, you are incredible. So there it is. Proof of the power of Chili Piper. Book your free demo today over at chilipiper.com slash BGS. That's C-H-I-L-I-P-I-P-E-R.com slash BGS. Chilipiper.com forward slash BGS. Are you tired of the competition stealing your potential clients and website traffic just because they rank higher than you on Google for the main services or products you offer? Or maybe you're already investing in SEO or marketing, but your website's failing to convert your hard-earned visitors into a steady flow of qualified sales leads. Or perhaps you already work with a web or SEO agency, but they're just not getting you the results they promised. Let's fix that. Get in touch with us over at webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com. Mention the podcast and set up a call with Sam to see if we can help you with the results today. So that's all fine and well in terms of presenting the data. If we've, if we're, if we're a company and we're already doing marketing and we're like you say, people are raising suggestions and we're, we're running a B tests, we're testing things out. We're proving concepts or not. If we are this startup company and we haven't done anything yet, but you mentioned earlier, we can grab data from maybe competitors. We can check out what they're doing. What are some ways that let's say that we've got some marketers tuning in that perhaps in a similar scenario, how can they actually effectively steal that data to their benefit so they can then present to C-suite founders, whoever they report to, on this is what other companies are doing. This is a rough idea of, I don't know, what LinkedIn ads results they're getting right now, what Google ads results they're getting, other marketing efforts, et cetera. Like how do they grab that and how do they utilize it? That's a great question because I have I have my routine. Um, I think it works very well, but probably many other market marketers they have their own um but i do cert a certain kind of uh um brand book uh that is like it sounds a little bit old-fashioned but the way i do it is um you 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 build up your brand with your tone and your voice and the things that you want to change in the things that you want to do and your product capabilities and you build up that decks of um us versus competitors what we have similar, what we have different. And we merge with companies that we admire. That doesn't mean that they are competitors like other companies. Um, you know, for example, I admire very much a company called Lemonade and I love their brand. They are not even a B2B company. They are a B2C company. And I always use them in example of, of stunning marketing and other companies as well. So we try to merge things that we admire with things that that you know that we know our competitors are doing, and fit that into the tone that we just created. The tone that we decided that this is going to be 
our way of of saying you know when you're building a persona and you give them characteristics and you give them like you know you go a little bit creative into who is this person where does she work what what's her routine do the same thing with your company treat your company as a persona you know give it characteristics you know actors do that all the time when they receive a, a character they build their background the way they talk they the way they walk uh, uh things that happen in their past you know for example when i was building fantastic uh tone of voice it's like we are we're like a, a whiskey of the <laughs> of the companies you know we're we're we are the the james bond of of you know uh b2b for financial teams and that gives you a certain understanding of okay we're sophisticated we we don't talk in slangs we are more you know we're cool but we are not childish cool so this gives you um human understanding of how your company portrays itself so after you have this you know it's easier to create content it's easier to to create templates templates for your content so i suggest you know if if you don't have a clue do like this but ask your marketers marketeers uh friends because i'm sure each one of us have a quirky way of you know building this <laughs> sure cool all right some nice references there so we've talked a lot about planning reviewing data analysis once we have all this data and we've we've got buy in from the rest of our team how are we putting this into play are we going to market now is that the next step are we deciding what spend goes against which advertising channel organic channel whatever it may be or is there something else that happens next well there are a few i think uh rules that people usually say uh use 60% for advertise and 40% to test i saw companies they extremely that, that achieved extreme success by doing differently um you know like monday.com if i'm not mistaken they spend 70% in testing and 30% into into actuals and that blew my mind because it's such a risky number uh but they were so sure on because you know after 70% of your money being spent into understanding your audience so you have a pretty clear data on what your audience wants so this 30% was spent so well that the conversion rate uh from you know leads to leads to customers was one of the highest ever seen so far so i think you know it took them a lot it, it, they were bold but it's a company evaluated in 7 billion dollars so i think it worked um so i i i always recommend to do this separate your money your budget uh, between testing and actuals um don't skip testing don't be afraid of losing money like and, and i'm putting this in quotes okay losing money on testings because this is part of the job this is part of of understanding uh, things that your competitors still didn't understand that your uh, uh ceo maybe didn't see so it it requires it, it requires a lot of self esteem to understand that half of your job or at least 40% of your job is testing meaning it's maybe being wrong but if you understand that you don't have problem in in you know risking it yeah yeah i suppose it depends on like the amount that you can allocate to testing whether that is yeah. internal team members on the marketing department whether that is physical budget that you're maybe spending with another agency whatever okay. depends on like the amount of funding your company has if you're bootstrapped how tight you are for cash and a bunch of other things around resources and and spend so it's going to vary i guess the amount that you can actually throw into testing as opposed Correct, to actually... but you do have to spend spend some amount into testing and i i wouldn't trust any market any marketeer that wouldn't you know this is this is fundamental part of your job yeah well let's let's But go it, back yeah. to our scenario let's go back to our 20k a month um marketing okay. scenario how would you like we said we're we're b2b tech startup we're in a we're in a category that's mature so the category has some kind of demand but we're mm -hmm. a fresh startup so in that scenario um just as a rough idea i mean what what would we throw into testing what would we throw roughly into 
messaging and other channels? Or how would we do we chuck money straight away into different channels or do we evolve our messaging based on what we've learned? Or what are some do, of the do we the have first any any team, like internal team? How many yeah, people why, do we have? Why not? Team? Let's say let's say we've got, I don't know, a three person marketing department. So maybe we've got, I don't know, fifty or so staff altogether. We've got a three person okay. marketing do department. Do we have any data from the past? Let's say we've we've done what you've suggested. So we are new, but we've done some competitor analysis. Um, we've looked into all those things. We haven't done anything yet ourselves. So we are a is... marketing team with three people without internal data. That's tough. Who's the CEO? <laughs> let me talk to him. No, I'm kidding. Um, let me let me see because uh, yes, if we have zero data. Uh, and the competitor shows, um, you know, for example, usually from B2B, this is what the competitor is going to, ch to show. Um, our competitors spend most of their money into LinkedIn ads, into Google ads. Uh, I would go for that. Um, uh, I, I would use the competitive advantage of the differential of your, our product and understanding, like, what are the keywords that they use? What are the... What are the um, paid uh, um, you know paid advertising that they're doing what what are they offering when they're doing that and I would play with the with the differentiator I would collect data and see like okay we can achieve this amount of, of leads from this channel and that channel but I wouldn't pause it right away even though if it wasn't successful I wouldn't pause it right away because in b2b usually you have a a, a long sales circle so um you know sure. i i've seen b2b with like a three to six months um of sale so you you will need to understand okay maybe you get x amount from x amount of leads or sqls from um you know that that convert to x sqls from google but from that uh, uh, the percentage that converts to to clients to customers to one is much smaller than the the proportional conversion from another channel for instance linkedin that brings you tons of leads and it doesn't convert correctly to sqls and it doesn't convert to to um to one so okay. give it time with this money because sometimes i think this is the most common mistake something is not working you take it up right away um if your competitors are doing if the market is doing um so there is maybe a reason for that so give it a chance um but this comes also from experience you know i've i've been you know in companies that i spent some money to understand if it would work to have facebook ads and instagram ads for b2b and youtube and you know it's it's not fast it's it's very top of the funnel it's very difficult to with with little money to to get relevant uh, leads from from less focused channels um and in the beginning i wouldn't recommend because this is very good for your brand aware awareness this is very good you know if you have a set of again your tracking is going to help you with that your understanding is going to help you with that but it's very good for remarketing is very good for you know um, building lists of lookalikes and things like that that in the beginning you won't have. Also, you know you have to understand that sometimes we have this perspective of um, we know who the persona is for sure, and when you come it comes to the you know to the reality you see that one of the personas you thought you had it's not that one. And the message that you thought you, you, you would be like the bomb is not. Yeah. So this is all very important in the beginning. And if you have a more focused uh, um, advertising, meaning, yes, LinkedIn ads, yes, Google ads, you know, um, email marketing, by the way, that many people neglect. And I think it's a great way to get uh, uh, demos. Um, if you don't have is something that faster, or is that outbound sales? No, email marketing. I mean, it, you can do a um, a mesh. You can do like a mix of both of them. You know, like. Um, but I am very believer in email marketing. I, I I love nurturing people. I love giving them like uh, things to read, things to do, things to to register, and you know, create this little relationship, and then boom, you send them a, 
you know, sales. <laughs> you go and you go and you outbound the, the hell out of them. Okay. Some some points to, to go dive into a bit deeper there. So if we're you mentioned some fair points. So if if we're B2B, if we've got a high ticket product, like you say, it's not going to be a click your fingers and the deal's won. It's going to be a, a long sales cycle, especially if our yeah. ads are trying to appeal to the top of the sales funnel. They might need some nurturing over the time. Um, they might be speaking to sales for some time. So it's it's something that might take three, six months or longer, depending on our typical sales cycle, the value of our product and so on. Now, what things, a couple questions off this, what things are we looking for? So when it comes to the testing side of things, what things should we be looking into, i.e. are we looking into the messaging and the problems we're talking about to our audience that we fix? Are we looking into if we're putting out media, like, I don't know, the videos or the graphics, whatever, if we're doing Google ads, I don't know, the keywords we're targeting, the ad copy, and likewise landing pages. And off the back of that, what's a fair timeline? Because we've got to remember we're a startup, we've got limited cash, we're probably under a lot of pressure from the people that we report to saying, where the hell does it lead? Like, why are demo requests not in yet? So what kind of timeline is fair to give it? So I guess there's two points to that, kind of what are we looking to assess and measure and tweak and optimize? And then likewise, secondly, what timelines yeah. are, are fair? Right. This is a very complicated question because as mo- I, I want to be positive when answering that, but it's it's very simple to me. If you don't have much budget, it will take longer. Right. That's that's something it's very hard to to go around that. Okay, because ads for B2B, they are expensive. And you know, organic takes time. So it's it's again, it's something that to protect yourself, understand understand your limitations. Um the second thing is I think it's it's even more important. Um when when you and it goes back to you know I I like to say something I think is the best um, the best thing I can ever like the best advice that I can give okay it's uh, make transparent transparency your biggest ally um, when when you're building a brand it's is the same thing let's say you were building you're building your house you know uh nobody would come to you and say like yeah can you build my house in three days you can say yes okay uh give me money to hire the best people and to buy everything i can and you know people do that in those crazy reality shows but what's the budget for building this house and then you can define the timeline um, I don't like to I don't like to to conclude a timeline before we have a whole uh, circle. Okay, uh, it's it's very it's very it's just half a story. That's what I'm trying to say. If you say to me like, okay, we have you know three months to understand if spending this. 20k per month which is 60 you know uh it's going to to define the rest of of our year dude i mean with all the respect you know um that's not how it works it's simply not how it works i can prove it to you i can you give me a month and i prove to you this is what we get in a month let's multiply that by optimizing okay we want to grow but we cannot grow with the same amount of money with the same amount of expertise from 20 to 40. Okay, we can't, you know, it's just, it's pure math. So again, make transparency your biggest ally because it's very hard to tell your manager, your boss, your CEO, what you want. It's not what you want with what you have. It's not what we're going to get. And I think after that, everything gets easier. But just to to conclude the A/B testing things, for example, mm. and I'll, I'll give you a personal example because I think it's sure. very interesting. Um, a few like a while ago, uh, we, we were doing I think I think it was uh, sales emails like outbounds, and like the 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 whole team, the product, the the sales, the um, bees dev, everybody, they were like. You know, we work with um, FPNAs and CFOs. FPNA is financial uh, planning and analysis, which is like finance teams. And everybody was like, 
um, we have to send a very technical email. They're technical people. They are. They know numbers. They know this. They don't. And I'm like, but but are you sure? Like, are you are you hundred percent sure? Can we find other emails from our competitors? We weren't able to do that. I'm like, listen. You know, let's say BTS, no, we're going to, you know, we're going to waste the chance. We know the answer. Like, how do you know the answer? You know, like, how did, have you done this before? No, but we know. It's like, so you don't know? Let me do it and let me test it. And the, the A-B test was like the same message, but one with the most uh, more emotional content and the other one with more technical content. Both would involve involve uh, product capabilities and what we offer, but like one had a much more you know, a marketing language than a sales language. Of course, the one with emotional content was the one who, who was the winner, the one that everybody was against, because it doesn't matter how, you know, uh, um, how mathematical you are, you're still a human being. You still fall for the same marketing BS that I throw you. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, you know, you your mind is very conditioned to, to, to go for the emotional. You... Might have you might be a physicist or a mathematician, mathematician, but you still watch movies, you still watch Netflix, you still, you know, uh, um, play video games. All of these are storytelling. So, doesn't matter. You're gonna receive an email that has like letters on it. You're going to go for the emotional. Um, so, you know, th these these things are very important. It's like proving everybody wrong with like some some humor. Okay, don't make anybody mad, but like, come <laughs> on, you <laughs> know, trust trust your expertise. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like that old saying, right? People buy emotionally and then justify it with logic. So, yeah. Um... I mean, I, I have like this this uh, saying that actually people buy three things. Uh, they buy comfort, status and time. Like they don't buy anything else. So just make your product sound or, you know, um, not sound because sound would, would uh, impose that it's not a real product. But finding your product where you're selling time, comfort, and status. Less in B2B, you don't need status so much because status is authority, so this is just in brand building. But finding your product where you're selling time and where you're selling comfort, and that's it. That's a great tip. That's a pro tip. Okay, cool. So we've covered quite a bit, Giovanna. We've gone through kind of building business cases. We've gone through analyzing. We've gone through planning. We've gone to eventually going to market and testing out ad campaigns. Now, how do we ongoing? What are like the considerations? We've talked about kind of ramping up, going to market early stage, getting ads, getting marketing out the door. Um, what should we be considering as an on, on an ongoing basis? Now we're rocking and rolling. I suppose that the leads are starting to come in, the demos are starting to come in. What are we monitoring and what are we looking out for? I think uh, one of the things that is important for me to, you know, um, justify and defend marketing and salespeople uh, <laughs> is we we didn't discuss timing. Okay, like yeah. it's important. Um, you know, we know for for a fact that Q Q four are usually the ones. You know, people are either desperate to buy because they have budget and it's going to that is going to be like uh, renewed next year and that they cannot use or they are doing you know next year uh, uh, KPIs and goals etc and you have the solution for these KPIs or is the beginning of the year that everybody gets like budget and they didn't spend anything yet so like give it give them something with a good proposal and they have the money so they're going to buy it um, and then you have like, you know, the, the very hard period, which is like July and such, because, you know, you have the vacations in the United States and you have like, uh, it's the middle of everything. So everybody's running with reports and it's always complicated. So I think this is one of the things that I, I, I would like to say that um, that I didn't say before that, you know, yeah. when you're considering data, you also have to consider it time. Mm. Um, so... What was your question again? <laughs> it's it's a good point. You basically it sounds like you're saying um, you've got to consider the time of year for your market and what's going on with them. Like if there's summer vacations and if there's an impact in the market that you're targeting and things like that. So I I think that's the point you're making. Right before I go back into my question. Yeah, yeah, 
It, okay. it is. It's just it's just because I wanted to clear that up before moving. Don't worry. I, it, it got in the back of my mind. I do the we same. We have to talk. Yeah, we have to When talk I go on time. podcasts, I do exactly the same. I ramble on for ages and I forget. I'm like, what was the question again? <laughs> anyway, back yeah, to the question. That, <laughs> that's me in a nutshell, by the way. That's I'm answering something like, wait, what did you ask? I don't, I don't even remember. <laughs> I, I can relate. I do the same. Now, <laughs> I, the, the question was like, we, we basically summarize kind of the initial things we've summarized going to market how what what should we consider from an ongoing perspective so let's ongoing say perspective. things are starting to work we're starting to get sales demo requests things look like they're on the uptick we've perhaps tested a few channels we've got some results now what do we do like what what are we monitoring what are we looking out for what what is the ongoing process after the first three four five six months of testing and proving concept that's a great question because, and I remember now why I start talking about timing because I think, um, um, for example, marketing and sales, you know, they, they work together and and they they have to be aligned. And uh, if there is a boom in timing, for example, Q4 and Q1, yep. and you have like a rest into into you know July middle year, I I always remember my mom when uh, she she had like a, a few business. Um, um, that only worked in the summer. Just she she used to work with. Uh, she she had like a bre- bed and breakfast, and she had like a kiosk in the beach in in very uh, tropical countries, and nice. she would make a lot of money in the summer, a lot of money, and then absolutely zero uh, in other uh, uh, seasons. So. Right. Yeah, so she would have to balance this this you know money as a salary uh, through the year, and it's the same thing uh, when we talk uh, marketing and sales. There is a, a, a an amount of leads coming up in Q4, Q1, and you have to balance this through the you know to the um, middle of the year into the end of the year again when it comes back. So the ongoing uh, the ongoing job is to balance this. Um, this graphic so the graphs would be like you know without so much ups and downs when it comes to the other parts of the funnel so Mm. you fill up the 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 uh, top of the funnel when the timing is good and then you work uh funnel down with the sales the other thing you know because it worked that their time is times that works better uh things that work better and on q4 and q1 so let's try to work um, the other things, for example, uh, outbound and, um, um, you know, more personal connections, partnerships into, into the rest of the year that is not so fulfilled as the, as the last quarter and first quarter. So balancing the, you know, balancing the, the type of work you put into marketing and sales efforts during the year. This is an ongoing job. Let me play devil's advocate again before we wrap sure. things up. <laughs> Please. So I'm like right now, for example, what you, the points you've raised are very valid. Like a lot of markets are seasonal. And the fact is, if your decision makers that buy your stuff are on holiday, you're not going to sell them. Um, unless the odd one that's working away whilst on holiday, maybe they'll buy. But that's few and far apart. Um, so, if, yeah, seasons are going to affect things. And you, you made some good recommendations about leveraging channel partnerships and various other things so you're not your cells aren't falling flat during those times but i i suppose it's because we're in a market that's like for example with us websites and seo you're usually in demand quite a lot quite year round and a lot of people still say to me like because what's going on with the uk right now like the pound's crashing a prime minister's just resigned there's loads of there's terrible <laughs> things going on the market i mean i try to avoid watching the news like is it just depressing oh, yeah. so I, I just don't watch or listen to it i ignore it I'd rather listen to podcasts that are useful and going to help me. But that's another topic. I digress. Good tip. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but with that said, can we not just power through? Like, I, This might just be my small mind, but can we not just power through these recessions? Um, and can we not just ramp up other, other angles of our business to overcome them? Or do we just need to face that certain times of year business is going to be tougher because stuff's going on? Uh, definitely you don't have a small mind uh, if somebody has a small mind is me because I'm very set in my ways in a way <laughs> it's like um, uh, I do think that people play differently um, I, I do I am a little bit more conservative with uh, 
with time and money than I am with like uh, my personal life. Um, I work-wise, I'm very. I, I like to play safe. I do, you know, a few things occasionally that are like wow. Um, you know, I, I do think that if you don't risk, you you're you know you're not in a good uh, um, 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 part of the war. You know, part of the fight. I think you should risk. Um, but as a person who plays safe. I, it's it's not about not powering through uh, necessities or not powering through uh, harsh moments. Is if you have because you know you you know ahead that there are uh, months better than the others, um, so you you kind of plan according to you know you know that this is a little bit lower. So let's let's again align the KPIs. So also your team is not going to be frustrated on yeah. like oh my god what did I do wrong. If it was mm-hmm. working, you know, in the past and it's not working right now, is it my fault? And I try to avoid, first of all, I try to avoid this word at all. Like fault is something that I don't think it fits uh, work environment. But, you know, to 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 understand that, like, to if you want to change something, you might frustrate people. Not everybody is you know, um, takes work personally, you know, like I do, for example. I'm like, I'm very goal motivated and I'm like go getter, but I do understand my team sometimes they are like a nine to five kind of workers and that's also okay. You know, you have to understand the limitations of people and that you don't want to frustrate your team. So be prepared ahead. Um, I have like, you know, we've been through crazy times lately. So of course, if I didn't know how to power it through, I wouldn't have you know, succeed, for example, in, in Corona times where I was working at a company that now it's evaluated in the, uh, $2 billion and it thrived during Corona because we were one of the first ones to actually, you know, invest in webinars before people even consider that we did online events. We, we, we went from, and saying this right now, I was like, yeah, of course, obvious. But back then, people were so confused on like what's going to happen in a f- two months from now, and you know, we 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 thrived. And I think this this is a, li- a little bit of it, you know the the leadership that you're going to. Okay, this is this is the road we're going. So let's do that. I don't think seasoning um, seasoning is part of like the defeat. I think is just part of it. You know, like because we know in advance, so it's not like it's it's not like a, a pandemia or something. It's just something, you know. Um, but again, uh, my truth is not universal. This is my way to to deal with marketing. Uh, I do admire all the other marketeers that do very different than me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think there is in in that specific point. I don't think there is a right answer. I do. I play safe, you know, mostly because it's it's my it's my way, but. If you don't, it's also okay. If you don't and it works, of course, go for it. You know, teach me yeah. something. I love it. I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ultimately, I just wanted to look at it from a different point of view. And like some of this is mindset. Some of this is good business sense. Like you say, planning ahead, realizing if, if you can plan for certain things, then it just makes sense to make sure that you've got systems in place within your business to attack that. Likewise, because right, this is time. strategy. You know, this is the way I, I know how to play the game. I, I, I could learn how to play differently and of course uh, i would love to um that again doesn't mean that uh, there is there i'm not saying that this is the right answer i'm just saying it's my answer well yeah of course everyone everyone's entitled to to what they do but it sounds like you've done it very well from what you've shared with us so far so thank you sir with that giovanna let's let's wrap things up thanks very much for for going through your your strategy with us it's been a been a fun session and i'm sure myself and, and everyone tuning in has learned a fair bit so with that Please do tell us more about how everyone can connect with you, learn from you, a bit more about your business, and what's the best way for people to get in touch. Awesome. I mean, uh, you can you can get in touch on my uh, LinkedIn. I have a free mentorship program for people who uh, want to learn more about marketing. Uh, you do have to apply, though. It's not for everybody, but um, if you if you pass, it's completely free. Uh, and it it's free without the catch, okay? Without the catch and the end that you have to pay for something. No, it's just a mentorship program for you know for you to to power all of your powers, um, to empower you, etc. 
Uh, I'm also uh, launching um, two books um, this and the next year. Um, but everything you you will know um, by following me on my LinkedIn. It's Giovanna Ziegler, and that's it. <laughs> Thanks very much, Giovanna. We shall put those links over on the show notes at businessgrowth.marketing and let yeah. us know when the books are out, and I'll certainly help you promote those on LinkedIn and such. Thank you. No worries. It's Thanks been once a again. Pleasure. You're very welcome. So, as always, if you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to give us a rating or review on your audio podcast channel. Or if you're on YouTube, a quick subscribe is always appreciated. And with that, we'll catch you on the next episode for more no BS, actionable B2B marketing tips to grow your business and, most importantly, your revenue. Catch you on the next one.